All right, uh, so let's uh, get you to the story. An initiative calling itself SA Fuel War has launched a campaign in protest against the petrol price hikes in the country. The organization is asking commuters who travel to work in private cars to work from home for 10 days, attempting to pressure government to reduce the petrol price. SA Fuel War organizer Craig Berman joins us on the line now. Craig, good afternoon to you and thanks for your time. Just give me a little bit of background to how your organization came about. Afternoon, Joanne. Uh, well, quite simply, really, I'm a regular South African, been looking at the petrol price now for the past couple of years. Every time it goes up, everybody complains. And we've had some ideas on, on what we can do from blocking highways to blocking refineries to not buying petrol for a day. But the reality is none of that's really going to work and none of that's really going to have an impact. So I looked at a strategy that would allow us to target the revenue stream uh, that goes to government in terms of the fuel levy and uh, did some calculations based on the ENATIS registration of last year and also the Department of Energy's uh, fuel volume sales on 2017. And we basically figured out that around 65% of all the petrol and diesel sold goes to passenger vehicles, which is you and I. And uh, because we work five days a week, most of that spend goes to work. And um, so the strategy came about uh, to say, well, if we got people to work from home for 10 days, which is effectively half the working month, Uh, we could reduce that volume by half. And it works out to having a fuel surplus anywhere between 500 million and a billion litres of fuel that government cannot do anything with. Now, in basic economic terms, when you have a surplus, the only way you can move the surplus is to bring down the price. Um, So that was the basic idea around SA Fuel War. Um, It's a war of attrition. It's not a blitzkrieg. You're not going to all suddenly stop working on the 5th of November. It's a process of attrition. It's a a gradual engagement. Um, But it certainly is something that um, a lot of people in the industry and and far more wider myself have agreed that this is a viable strategy, Mm -hmm. that the surplus, the creation of a surplus uh, and the restriction of the the funds flowing to government from the fuel surplus would certainly have an impact enough for the general and say, well, what do we do? And our demand is simple. Um, You know, bring the petrol price down or we'll simply carry it on and you end up with a surplus situation with fuel that you can't sell. Um, and as I said, any way to fix it, you've got to bring the price down. All right. So, so you're asking commuters who get to work in their private vehicles to work from home for 10 days from the 5th of November, but you'd have to get companies to buy into that, Craig. How do you persuade employers that this can be done without hurting their businesses? Okay, so just to clarify, we're not asking people to start working at home from the 5th of November. We understand that because this is a slow strategy, it's not we're going to get all the people we need by the 5th of November. Um, it's a gradual process. We're building up the army, as it were, people who are signing on to support this, this initiative. Okay. So the idea is right now is we want as many people to sign up with us by the 5th of November as possible. Now, the 5th of November, of course, is the, is the commemoration of Guy Fawkes, otherwise known as the 1605 Gunpowder Plot, which was also organized as a protest against corruption in government. The phase... Uh, implementation of this will happen probably towards the end of January and the early February when we've got enough of an army to turn around and say, okay, guys, uh, now we need to start implementing this. Right. With regards to companies, yes, of course, we have to have them on board. And we understand as well that not all businesses can do this. And we, we're perfectly fine with that. We're not expecting everyone to do this. There are yes. some businesses that you have to go to work, that right. you have to travel. Yes, yes, and exactly, like the service industry, for example. Correct. And, and others, contractors and those sort of guys who use their cars and their vehicles to go to jobs, absolutely no issue there. But the reality is that many companies that use their staff for admin or sales or those sort of things could conceivably take 10 days, whether they did it 10 days at once or five days here and five days there, spread out over their staff 
to have portions of their staff work from home for five days or ten days at a time. With the digital communication technology we have between email, Skype, WhatsApp, uh, and all the rest of them, realistically, those targets could be done. You could be talking to your clients on the phone. Um, you could be doing your admin work uh, on a telecom. You could do all of that. And it's just a temporary thing. It's not a work from home forever. It's just a temporary, you know, a temporary uh, initiative. So when we get to a point where, where people are doing that, and we've got a lot of companies involved in, people say, well, my boss will never let me do that. I say, but your boss buys petrol, doesn't he? He doesn't get to, he doesn't get to work at a, uh, in an electric car. He's paying mm-hmm. for petrol. Yes. So it's everybody. And, and the, the real interesting thing for me about this, and, and looking at the reactions I'm getting on social media, is it's right across the board. It's, if you buy fuel in this country, this affects you. It has nothing to do with race, color, creed, background, religion, anything. If you buy fuel in this country, you are part of the struggle. Um, and we've seen it right across the board. And, um, and that's, I think, for me, the one thing we had to find was something that really got to a point where people, all people have now had enough. We've seen where our fuel mm. money goes. We've seen what's happening with the road accident fund. We are not prepared to support it. And now there's actually a strategy we can use to actually make government Listen. You know, it's such an interesting question, Craig, because uh, I'm I'm wondering about the about South African tendencies for for civil disobedience. Um, I mean, I feel like we we have it in us when it comes to certain issues, but I don't know <laughs> if fuel if fuel is one of those issues. I mean, I, I'm thinking about the uh, the the protest in Germany, you know, where everybody just drives yes. onto a highway, parks their car, and <laughs> walks off. Um, you know, and I understand why that kind of that kind of protest would not work. Here, but I'm also yes. wondering whether South Africans who are under pressure from their companies, worried about lack of employment and the fact that they might lose their jobs, all sorts of other economic pressures, I'm wondering whether they're inclined to join this. Anecdotally, what, what do ordinary people who are other, either employees or, or employers tell you about whether they're inclined to join such an effort? Well, if I look at the reaction we've had, on, 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 not only on our website, but also on social media, I would say that is exactly true. I think people have had enough. And I think it's not just whether you're an employer or whether you're an employee. You know, if you consider every time the petrol price goes up, that's less money we can spend on food. Every time the petrol price up, the food prices go up. Every time the petrol price goes up, we're working harder or more for less money that goes to us and our families and our time. And I think people in this country have finally got to a point, especially after the, the last major petrol price and everything else that went with it in terms of where the road accident fund was and, and you know, Sanrol and all these sorts of issues. They now got to the point where they are, frankly, hurtful, regardless, across the board. And, you know, we're not asking employees to say, listen, let these people give them a holiday. That's not the idea. We're not saying to people, you're going to go home and have a holiday. You're going to go home and work. Yes. But the difference is in this scenario, I mean, you talk about civil disobedience. ETOS has been a great, a great example of that. When we get to a point where we've now had enough, we certainly have the will and the capacity to act against those types of, of, of initiatives from government, and it's been very successful in Khartoum. I, I must so, read you, sorry to come in there, there Craig, I, I must just read you a, a tweet that has come through from Heather Irvine, who says, fuel prices are high mainly because of the global oil prices and the weakness of the rand. Government cannot do anything about instantaneous about either factor, and so this fuel war consumer boycott has no hope of succeeding. Fuel taxes are only part of our problem. How do you respond to yeah. that, Craig? Well, we've, we've, I've seen that from, from lots of other people. Um, I've seen that same response. And, you know, people are entitled to their opinion. But in our view, there, there is an element of taxes. There's been a lot of discussion about the fuel levy. There's been a lot of protests about the fuel levy. And I think that's where, you know, we, we're tired of the corruption of the fuel price. That's where it goes. 
Um, I read an article recently that said that if we'd implemented the fuel levy on e-tolls way back in 2008, it would have been paid for already. So while I understand that there are views like that, that people say, well, government's got nothing to do with it, government's got everything to do with it. And if they're under pressure, if they come under pressure for consumers to say, right, we've had enough, it's enough. We are simply going to stop buying this. We're not going to stop our lives. We're not going to stop going out. We're not going to stop going out on weekends. We're not going to stop taking our kids to school. But what we are going to do is we are going to come together and say, you know what, enough is enough. We can do something. We will do something. And we are going to give you a run to moon and say, surplus, here we go. Now, we'll, we'll continue buying, but you've got to bring the price down. And it's interesting that they were already talking about a 40 cents a litre increase in November, and yet now that's come down to, I think the last time I saw was a 10 or 20, percent, a 10 or 20 cents decrease. Mm. So the pressure coming up, you know, when you affect the money line, where the money's going, um, people suddenly sit up and take notice. Uh, to block the highways, as you said, wouldn't work, well, half the cars would disappear. And the, <laughs> all these <laughs> companies would be out of business. Yeah. But again, this is a viable strategy. It's simple economics of supply and demand. I think a lot of people have had enough enough. I look at how many people are signing up with us to get involved with us daily, both on social media and on the website. I think we've hit a nerve. I think we've got to a tipping point where the South African consumers now had it. I mean, if you spend 10 days at home, that's two weeks of traveling, depending on how often you fill your car, you could save yourself anywhere between 700, 1,500, 2,000 rand a month in All that right. month. Craig, it's very Christmas coming up. No, well, exactly. It's a very interesting question indeed, and I I think you've got us all thinking about this very carefully. And I think we need to reconnect with you in a few months to just find out, or a few weeks to find out whether your strategy has actually worked or not, and what the take up of it has been. Uh, But please, please do communicate with us. We'd love to hear from you at home. You've heard what Craig has had to say. He thinks this is a, a workable strategy to get government to cooperate on the issue of the fuel levy in particular. 